welcome to episode 411 from Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering or in any way, shape or form, enjoy Magic the Gathering. I'm one of your hosts, Maria, a.k.a. Disco Charles for the second oh, week. Oh, you're still, you're still Disco Charles. Yeah, I'm still feeling Disco Charles. Fair enough. Um, and I am another one of your hosts. I forgot my real name for a second. I was like, <laughs> I'm another one of your hosts. Oh, uh, Megan. <laughs> well, you know, take this, you know, take this chance. Uh, name yourself whatever you want, you know? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, do you know what? P- Pony McGee. Pony oh, McGee. I, I already re- regret it. <laughs> Just said the first thing that came to my mind, but here we are. Disco Charles and Pony McGee here to talk to you about the wonderful game of Magic the Gathering. Uh, on today's episode, right. we're going to talk about uh, Standard and Historic because those are the formats that were just played in the Zendikar Rising Championship this past weekend. That's right. And they are both in a super exciting place right now. They've yeah. honestly been a lot of fun to play thanks to some much needed bannings. Oh. Oh, yeah. And, Big time. you know, now things now things are really rocking and rolling over there. I'm uh, pretty happy with them. I've been having just a blast playing some historic recently. So we're going to go through the top decks and mm-hmm. give you our thoughts about uh, if you're interested in playing one, if you're trying to find one for the historic open this weekend. Oh, yeah. What you should play if you want to win $2,000 cold, hard cash. That's right. If you are on the fence about playing the open, you should absolutely do it because it's such a good time. I love doing Um, it. What a cool event. What like a great addition to the magic repertoire of events that you can play. Um, If you're jamming standard, we've got standard decks as well. So there you go. Oh, that's right. I've been starting to try out some like spicy standard (gasps) brews just because I was like, yeah, the other day. Okay, I'll talk to this. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll talk about this when we get to it. Okay, stick a pin in it. We'll come back yeah, to it. We'll come back to it. Um, because so, first, yeah. we have to thank all of the wonderful people who are patrons. It's so thank true. Thank you so much. Thank you especially to Evelyn, who became a patron Monday morning. That's right. I was sitting here. We were recording the upkeep and I'm recording my video in OBS, which has uh, my settings for doing the stream. And I heard the sound of a Patreon subscription go off on my ears while we were recording. And I was like, what's going on? And it was Evelyn. Um, So thank you so much, Evelyn. So if you would like a shout out like this one, um, subscribe first thing Monday morning. Wake up and think to yourself, do you know what I should do today? I should become a patron of Good Luck High Five. If you're over in the patron discord, um, you know, say hi to our new patron. Yeah. And, you know, give them a shout out. Evelyn, make sure you get on over there and say hi to everybody. So if you want to become one, super easy, patreon.com slash GLHF magic. We're also going to give you a little December incentive <clears throat> to become a patron this month because we've created some new Good Luck High Five merch and we're going to give our patrons 10% off. Ooh, that's right. So over on Teespring, we have a new shirt up, which is... Uh, Good luck, high five, and then a speaker broadcasting from a cat's mouth. It's so good, everybody. It's so good. It's- um, it is. <laughs> it's so cute. 
It's so cool. Uh, so head on over there. Take a look at it. Because as soon as you take a look at it, you're going to be like, this shirt is great. Yeah. This was inspired by a listener who asked if we were going to have holiday merch available to purchase. So if you're looking for a gift for another Good Luck High Five listener, consider one of these cool things. Um, honestly, even if somebody doesn't even know what the show is, I think they would like this design because it's really cool. Um, yeah. It does just say Good Luck High Five and have a speaker broadcasting out of a cat's mouth, which I think... Both of those are really kind of universal. It's a universal message. Um, and it, it really is. We've got it on so many different things. We've got t-shirts. We've got hoodies. We've got long sleeves. We've got tote bags. We've got fanny packs. We've yes. got posters. We've got tank tops. Anyway, it's all over there uh, in the show notes or under the YouTube uh, video. You can see this link um, and check it out because I am just enamored with this design. It's so cool. It is. It's really great. Uh, thank you as well to our sponsor, Card Kingdom, cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. Another great place to do your holiday shopping for another magic aficionado. Yes, absolutely. So one of our favorite things about Card Kingdom is their battle decks because mm -hmm. they're um, really awesome gifts to give. They're only 10 bucks and they can help your friends get into playing magic because let's be real. What magic player isn't constantly trying to get the rest of their friends to play magic? I don't know. one. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, it's it's your one goal in life if it's you're your a goal. magic player who knows non-magic players. So the new decks they've got... Uh, Land Masses, which is a cool land-based battle deck. Party Time, which I think you can know that's the party mechanic from Zendikar. Rogue Nation with rogues and <laughs> Dropkick, which I just really like that one. <laughs> <laughs> so check those out over at cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. Ask for a sticker in your order. They will give you one because they're great people and they've got super fast shipping. So it'll get there before the holidays. Maria. Are we going to kick it off with standard or historic? Let's, which one do you want to do? I can't decide. Ooh. Let's start with historic. All right, historic. Yeah, this was the final format that we saw in the Zendikar Rising Championships. Uh, so it's the kind final of... final format. <laughs> do, 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 do. It's kind of top uh -huh. of brain for us right now. <laughs> the top eight was historic double elimination. Um, mm -hmm. The winner, in case you didn't catch it, was Brad Barkley from Scotland. He played Azorius yeah. Control. And if you're in the country of Scotland, there's no way you could have missed it. Yeah. Because as far as I can tell, everyone in Scotland who plays magic was yelling as loud as they could about it. Accurate. Accurate. The, the entire magic part of the country was just on fire. Wildly enthusiastic um, about Brad Barclay's, uh, you know, his run into the top eight and through the top eight because yeah. did not lose a match in historic no he was so good with his deck all weekend there are a few other people playing it nine people total he was the only and, person and who they could were win. not good <laughs> yeah no nobody else did good with it only brad he's got the everyone touch. else on the deck was the he single-handedly like raised the win percentage of that deck unbelievable yeah <laughs> like, pro like probably like 10 points by himself <laughs> And the funniest thing is, is we were talking about this deck. We always get around um, before the tournament, have a chat, talk to our experts. And they're like, yeah, this deck is bad. They're like, no. They're like, no. And, and they, like, st they still think it's bad, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Like, here's my question. Isn't it? Yes, right. They, <laughs> they think, yes, it is a bad deck. But how did he win? I don't know. I don't know. Start packing those. If you're in mid-range... Start packing those mystical disputes, man. Yeah, that's true. You're Maybe it's just an targets. easy solution to get rid of it, potentially. Yeah. Um, but congratulations to him. And I mean, look, I mean, I am always happy to see 
a control deck. Yeah. Up there. I, um, I knew I, you would be. I am a little sad that it doesn't have my favorite friend of all time, Torrential Gear Hulk. Yeah. Um, or Sphinx's Rev, both of which are available. Like, I think, like, what a, what a testament to how powerful the format has become. Yeah. Um, in recent years, that some of the top cards from even a couple of years ago are no longer making the cut. It's kind of right? unbelievable. Because everything in that historic deck, not everything, but like so much in that historic deck is just from, like you have Cast Out, which I guess is from Amonkhet Remastered. Yeah. Um, you have Baffling End, which is from Ixalan, but so much of it, right, is just like those cards, Sphinx's Revelation isn't powerful enough. Bizarre. Just wow. bizarre. If you wow. want to play Torrential Gear Hulk um, in Historic, don't worry. There is a deck for you. Huey Jensen piloted Demir Control, which was running the Gear, the gear Hulk, and said, yes. um, when asked why, and if he's like, the other teammates are like, should we be playing this? And he was like, no, he was like, my no. God, no, this no, deck is don't. bad. <laughs> I just want to play Torrential Gear Hulk. Look, I'm right there with you, Huey. All I want to do is play Torrential Gear Hulk. If you want to flashback those spells for free, hey, Gear Hulk is your guy. Gear Hulk it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for those of you who are not of the control persuasion, I guess you can exist. Uh, thank you. I would like to exist. Uh, great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think one of the cooler decks that we saw out there, uh, Kenji Igashira piloted this. Oh, yeah. Simon Gertzen slightly more successfully piloted this. Piloted this uh, colorless ramp. Yeah, this deck is really wild. It's basically making use of all the tiny little colorless acceleration spells that exist mm -hmm. in historic, and then playing Forsaken Monument, which gives all of your colorless doodads, <laughs> colorless doodads, doodads, colorless creatures plus two plus two if you had any creatures, yeah. and also and gains you most life. Most importantly, I was gonna say it gains you life. Yeah, the the life gain is really probably why you're playing this because every time you cast a color spell, you gain two life, which gets you out of a lot of tricky situations. And oh. you've ramped up. You're probably splashing uh, black for some removal like languish. Um, mm -hmm. So you've dealt with all the little creatures, and then you cast Eugene the Spirit Dragon, and you win. That's right. There's Eugene. There's also Ulamog. Uh, it has Karn the Great Creator in the main so that yes. you can tutor up some of the cards that are just really good against specific archetypes. Like, right, you can tutor up a Graph Digger's Cage if they're on goblins. You can tutor up a Tormod's Crypt if they're doing something with their graveyard. Um, it's like what we call gives a, you a wish sideboard, meaning you, whatever yeah. you need, you got it. You just go and you pluck it out of there with Karn the Great Creator. Another deck that was kind of bizarre and sort of reminds me of this. Did you see this Paradox Engine historic yes. deck? None other than Kai Buddha was on it. What the heck was this deck's deal? It made a billion mana. <laughs> what was this? So the thing that it's doing is that you, it has Emery, Lurker of the Lock, right? Right. Which you can tap to cast artifacts from your graveyard and then paradox engine which when you cast a non-creature spell it untaps all of your non-land permanents so basically it like you can get something out of your graveyard with emery and then it un like casting that will untap emery so you're like making all this mana and you're drawing all your cards because you're using it you're um you're getting back chromatic sphere sure and um so you like 
keep drawing cards and making mana with that. And then you draw your whole deck and then you play a Jace. So it's kind of like the newer version of the Kethis combo. Yes. And you win by milling yourself out. Thanks. Yeah. To Jace. You win by milling yourself. So you play that Jace that says you win if you got no cards in your library and you go to draw a card. Great. I yeah. love it. What it's, a weird deck. It's so weird and it's so cool. And apparently it was, I think it was just like Yol Larson and Kai who were on this. Yes. Only those two. They Yol had convinced Kai to play this deck. Everybody else yeah. was like, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole because that is hot garbage. And I'm going to check, <laughs> I'm going to check Kai's uh, results with this really quick. I know Kai was at least five and one, right? Like the worst that he did in the historic rounds was five and two, which was not bad. So uh, the first day th- there was three rounds of historic. Or four. Yeah, and he like 3-0'd. He 3-0'd, yep. And yeah. then day two started with round eight. And, and that he, was four rounds of historic. He won through he won one, two, he won he went two and two on day two. Okay. So, so he went five and two with the deck. Yeah, not bad at all. That's like that's totally reasonable, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so there there's something really bizarre and weird for you. Yeah. Kai Buddha's or slash Yola Larson's Sultai Paradox engine nonsense yeah. if you want to mill yourself out. If you want to look at that, um over on the we tweeted out some of them from the Magic Esports account Great. on Sunday. No, on Saturday. You can go and see some of the stranger uh choices for historic that still did okay (laughs) i love it i want a strange deck you know i really do one that didn't do well i was so sad about this but um john rolf played like a blue white and azorius cycling deck yes he played azorius cycling with drake haven to make drakes (laughs) and he like did not do well with it he did quite bad Uh. but i wish that that were not the case because Wow, do I want a Drake Haven deck? Yeah, he got uh looks like three wins with the deck. Okay, he went three three. That's like wait, no, he went three four. Never mind. <laughs> it is a cool deck, I will say that. It's right, definitely like three, cool. three. I feel like I can justify. Yeah, for but sure. But like three four, I'm like, oh never mind. Never mind. The most popular historic deck was either Rakdos or Jund Sacrifice, which are basically the sacrifice decks that we're used to from standard back in the day using the cat oven combo with Mm -hmm. priest of forgotten gods, making you sacrifice mayhem devil, devil, stealing your Um. stuff and sacrificing it. Yeah, and the real the big one for green, like if you're gonna go Jund instead of Rakdos is collected company. Yeah, play that Coco, get your tiny little creatures or your mayhem Mm -hmm. devil, whatever you want. Put them on to play at instant, into play at instant speed. Then it goes back to your turn and then you sacrifice them and whatever. And like, obviously, like still a cool deck, still out there doing its thing, but did not make the top eight. No, which is just wild to me. Sultai and four color midrange just dumped on this deck. I mean, that makes sense. I think that it is exceptional. Like that seems like really a bad matchup, especially since the only reason why people played four color midrange, not only, but like the yeah. biggest reason people played four color midrange was for Yasharn, the the big pig the big that pig. says you may not sacrifice. Yeah, Yasharn really shuts those decks down. And if you were playing the four color version of the midrange deck, you know, you had access to it and their game plan is basically like their deck just looks terrible if they can't sacrifice. Yeah, you can see um, the, the four color mid range versus Jund Sacrifice has a sixty six point seven percent win percentage. <laughs> nice, which is just like wow, okay. ouch. And okay. uh, Sultai slash four color mid range was well represented in the top eight, 
being mm -hmm. six out of the eight decks. So I think it's fair to say the players who brought either of those did it right. Yeah, that is very true. Also, Maria, I am I'm real sorry to tell you this fact. Oh, no. Um, but Azorius Auras had a 30% win rate. Yeah, I know. I'm Overall. I'm very sad about that. 12 heroes, 12 heroes packed Azorius Auras this weekend. <laughs> Playing my personal favorite deck with SRAM, Senior Edificer, Core Spirit Dancer, bunch of little auras to make your boggles big and smash, smash, smash. Um, but nobody did very well with it. Uh, the deck no. list I actually played and practiced with up to the event was... Um, why can't I think of his name off the top of my head? You know, uh, Austin Bersavage. Um, so Austin yeah. Bersavage, the winner of the grand finals, I used his list because he was running it and I thought that was interesting. I'm like, hmm, he mm -hmm. doesn't seem like the kind of person to play this deck, so I'm going to play his list. And I really do like his list. He's got two ornithopters in there, so you can have a really cool turn one where you play an ornithopter for free and then you play your little puppy dog that you can sacrifice to protect it. Um, yeah. And then you just feel pretty safe for most of the game. Um, yeah. And I think he did okay with it, but mm -hmm. overall a bad showing for Azorius Auras. Very sad about that because I'm not, if you want to play this deck on the ladder, I think you're totally fine to do so. Yeah. I'm up in diamond playing with it and winning. So like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Like to be fair on the ladder, it is way different. And also yeah. this is like, a, this is a pretty small slice also. Yeah. Like that's to be true. fair. Right. That's true. There's only 12 decks that you're getting this win percentage out of across seven rounds. So that's like, you know, that could have been like only one person ever went up against the deck. Yeah. <laughs> and I do play this deck. Like if you think of this as boggles, it's the same. You have the same mindset when you're playing it. Um, mm -hmm. It's like you, you use the same lines of thought. So like I'm pretty familiar with what I want to do when I'm playing this deck. And maybe some people who brought it were like, oh, this is like a pretty linear deck and I can just play it, which definitely is not the case. So I don't know. Maybe it's just that I'm familiar with it too. I, and just like I play it like it's just natural to me. It's like drinking mother's milk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I... I mean, I was, I was shocked you were okay with that statement. No, I like I, I'm not in retrospect. I was just kind of like, you like you you know it was coming. It was at the tail end of like a lot of stuff. It's like yeah, 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 and then like I just got caught up in being like yeah, but no. <laughs> Wait, no Wait, second. No. Wait. The, the no, other no, deck no. that made the finals versus Azorius Control was Goblins, That's piloted right. by Autumn Burchett. And this is kind of a deck that people, I think especially in, in the last couple of weeks, have been like, Goblins is dead. <laughs> Absolutely. People had right. their funeral for it. Yeah, exactly. They were like, this is no longer goodbye forever. Um, I think particularly because Jun Sacrifice and Racto Sacrifice is is a terrible matchup. Yeah. It's, pretty um, tough. it's just really, it's pretty brutal. Um, they have so many ways to just like ping off all your one ones. They're just like, I don't care. I don't care. They're all dead. I can literally incidentally kill most of your <laughs> creatures, whatever. Um, but yeah, autumn showing that for sure. Goblins is not dead. No, no, no. Far from it. And playing the deck like an absolute master, I might add, which reminded oh, me a so lot good. of when she won Mythic Championship number one, piloting that mono blue list. And it was yeah. just like, 
if you've ever wanted to see a player sit down with a deck and just have absolute mastery and control of what they're doing, watch Autumn in that tournament, played the mirror match against Reed Duke and just mopped the floor with him. That's yeah. kind of what r- this reminded me of, playing the Goblins list in ways. Well, first of all, there are several innovations to the list that were brand oh, new. Oh, yeah, that Herald's Horn, man. Herald's Horn! Allowing you to draw more goblins um, and yeah. get some card advantage going in your list because she anticipated more grindy matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh, just genius. And then playing the playing the list like in ways that people were surprised to see yeah. her do and then coming out on top because of it. And just watching them like run rampant over the Sultai midrange decks. Oh, so good. Right? So just, good. Like, completely stomped them all through that top eight. Like, right, like every match up until uh, Autumn played Brad in like the upper finals. Yeah. Right, was just like against mid-range and was just like crush, crush, crush. And then like fall into the lower bracket once once they be, once they lost to Brad the first time. Yeah. But then just like, just like not even, just being like, okay, Andrea Mangucci, like great player, Sol- but Sultai mid-range or four-color mid-range, just like crush it. Yeah, like, it, whatever. It was an absolute dream, probably, for Autumn to see this top eight with so many Sultai slash four color mid range decks just being like, oh, what a beautiful feast has been laid out before me. Exactly. Uh- <laughs> I mean, that being said, like, that. That Azorius control matchup was brutal. Oh no, there is I don't like, know that in was what. Just like, <sighs> and, and how many iterations that that match has played out? Does Goblins like, win? I don't. So few. It's like, gotta be so 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 few. I the think. most minimal percentage. Yeah, um, it's a terrible matchup. I feel like even the fact that like Autumn got a game win in each of the three matches against Azorius Control is just like a testament to their skill in piloting the deck. Because Wait, there is only two matches. I mean, but in the upper finals. Also. Oh, you mean the upper finals? Well, yes, absolutely. Yeah, like in that one and in both of the championship matches, just like even just eking out one game win. Oh, yeah. In if that you, scenario where it's just like a, the worst matchup. Like if you watch this footage, I was talking to Megan about this. You will see Autumn just sitting there kind of rocking in their chair, like oh, talking to themselves. Like what could they have? Okay. If I do this, like I know that feeling deep in my oh, soul. Yes. That is me playing against control decks being like, is there any chance I have to win here and just being destroyed when they have it oh, or whatever, you know? And this was just like one of the most brutal moments of the whole thing and i think it was in the the very last game of the whole tournament was like they had a window just like this tiny window to draw a muxus because um barclay was tapped out for once right to try and remove everything i think they like he had just wrath of god or something and is like tapped out and it's like oh if autumn draws a muxus here yeah like she can win um and and like literally draws for turn and cracks two mind stones, none of them. And then, like right, it goes back to Barclay's turn. Um, he plays Teferi. Ugh. I mean, look, I love five mana Teferi, but even I was mad. I can't plays believe Teferi. you made that sound after Teferi. <laughs> I know. And then like has disdainful stroke open after that. And uh, then Autumn draws the Muxus, no! and it was just like the most brutal moment of all time (laughs) that it was just like one card farther in and if they had literally drawn it one turn earlier like they they likely win that game in that match and then that would have forced a match number three but like like, that was such like a moment of just like oh my god it would have been one of the top magic moments probably of all time 
uh, at least up there in the top 10, I would say, if yeah. Adam had drawn that Muxus. Um, it wouldn't have won the series, but it would have at least forced a match three. Yeah, a match three. Uh, but I mean, like, just stellar stellar play from both players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, really excellent. And so, and if, you've, if you're a Goblins person, if that sounds like up your alley it is not dead nope um goblins is dead long live goblins <laughs> you can you can get out there and still pilot it and if you're looking for some pointers like just go watch autumn pilot the deck yeah it's 100%. wild and i've got to say like we've been gushing about this but making the right deck choice on the weekend is not something that's easy and no. it's something i pointed out when i was like i think autumn can win this because Autumn has come with the correct deck a few times now. One that yeah. basically everybody else in the field was like, no way. Especially this time, people coming in were like, goblins, are you crazy? Like, what's wrong with you? And then yeah. like, it, com- it was completely the right choice. Uh, it's so good. And like, they, right, they were ahead of the curve too with bringing Gruel Adventures yes. a little while back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, at those season grand finals is what I'm thinking of. Absolutely. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Anyway, great, yeah. Great stuff. That's historic. There's tons of cool decks to try out. Um, mm-hmm. I pers- personally recommend Azorius Auras. That's my Maria's hat <laughs> tip recommendation. And um, you know I've been having a good time playing it too. It is a fun, uh, it's historic super fun. deck. It's super yeah. fun. I love drawing those cards. You got you got to love drawing cards, and that's what the deck yeah. gives you. you can I draw a really bunch of cards. do love drawing cards. <laughs> I, I was actually talking to Day Nine before the show, um, and I'm not really throwing him under the bus because you can watch a stream and see this. But he was like, "Maria, how are you winning with Azorius Auras? I don't understand. I put on my creature, and they just always kill it." <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "I don't know how to tell you that you're doing this wrong." I was like, mm, "There's something you're doing incorrectly here. Let's walk you through it. Let's." <laughs> talk about let's talk about this <laughs> shall we talk about standard yes let us okay let us talk about standard so i've yeah. been loving historic so much that i actually haven't been playing a lot of standard recently but there are some sweet decks here too yeah and do you know what i was just feeling it because i've been i've been playing historic i've been playing this auras deck having a very good time but yeah. i was like i feel like it's time for a mix-up and like none of the other stuff in historic at the time was sort of like something that i felt really pulled to play sure and i was like let's go check out right like what's going on in standard so um one i tried out mono green food tons of fun super um, fun um really great time <laughs> you seemed like somebody who would love to play with the card wicked wolf yes like wicked wolf Great time. Feasting Troll King. What a wild (laughs) ride. (laughs) I'm so mad about Feasting Troll King. That thing can come back from the graveyard. Whatever. Like not even like no problem. It just comes. You sacrifice some food, whatever. You sacrifice (laughs) some food. Also get three activations off Trail of Crumbs. Gross. Gross. And like bring back your seven, six and draw three permanents. You're like, great. Party Town USA. Monogreen Food had 32 players representing it, which was 17% of the field, the second most played deck in the tournament. I don't believe it had a very good win rate, if I'm um, remembering That's correctly. That's true. I'm trying to remember. I don't. Um, let's let's take a look. I know, like, Gabe Nassif was on it. Yeah, Gabe um, Nassif was playing at 52.2%. And obviously did, game. yeah, quite well. So, like, you know, not That's great. That's all right. That's all it's right. actually pretty up there um, compared to the, the other only stuff. ones above it are Esper Doom Foretold and Gruel Agro. Oh, okay. All right. So it did fine. Yeah, uh, so exactly. Mono green food is something that you like want to want to snack on. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for a tasty snack. Not too bad. You can play uh, some mono green food. 
Um, yeah, but so I, I like tried that and I was like, oh, you know, this is a good time. Um, but like what else is out there? And so I just took a, a look at, you know, a little while back, they started posting if you get six wins or more mm-hmm. um, in a row and you're at diamond or mythic, then they post your deck list on yep. magic.gg. And I was like, well, let's just go through some of those and like see what's happening. Wow. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. And like the answer is like there was some really weird, fun stuff. Great. I love that, weird decks. But I was very surprised about. Uh, so the first one that I tried, which was not which was not good, um, at least at least for me, <laughs> was like a uh, was a mono black deck. Oh, great. I love it. Was I this know, the exactly, Auras right? one? No, this is just like a mono black devotion deck. Cool. That's also doing some weird stuff with the graveyard because you're playing four Archfiend Vessel, um, which is the one one with lifelink. Um, and if it oh, enters yeah. from the battlefield, you uh, from the exile it. Yeah. Uh, and then you make a five five demon. Great. So you have that. And then you have like Null Priest of Oblivion, which you can kick to get something back from uh, the graveyard to the battlefield. Great. Um, you have. Uh, Let's see. I'm trying to remember what else you have. Well, you're definitely Call of playing the- Gary, right? Yes. Obviously, you're playing Great Merchant. Um, you're playing Call of the Death Dweller, which can also get that Archfiend's Vessel back um, onto the battlefield like, and make you, you know, as soon as turn three, make you a 5-5. Five, five. Um, and then you're just playing stuff like you have Timoret to get stuff out of the great, like to exile stuff. You're playing Massacre Worm. You're playing some oh, Rankles, yes. some Murderous Riders. Um so it's like you're playing Maria. You would love this. You're playing Vito Thorn of the Dusk Rose. Yes, Meg. I played this deck. I played this when I was lower on the ladder. I loved every single solitary second of it. What yes. I didn't love is that it it fails to be competitive higher up. But yeah, if you're like, is, I don't care about that. This deck yeah. is super fun. This deck is very fun. Like you mentioned, though, I was high enough high enough up on the ladder when I was playing this that I was like, this is quite bad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if people are playing real decks, it will be quite bad. Um, but it is a party and a half. It was oh, a really good time. Yeah, if you're just matching, like playing versus your friends, or you like are lower on the ladder, or whatever, have a great time with this deck while you can because it's it's super fun. I love Vito. Vito is like one of my all times for yes. sure. Um, such a good time. And then the other very weird deck that I played was a deck built around um, draw two. Okay. And a Stormwing Entity. Oh, cool. And hold on. Let me just try. Okay, yeah. So you're playing a bunch of spells, right? You have like Ops. You have Deliberates. You have Shock. You have Spike Field Hazard. Um, and so you have all these cheap spells. And you're trying to play a Stormwing Entity on turn three. Sure. Right? Yeah. Which is, it's three blue-blue for a three-three uh, flying prowess and it costs two and a blue less to cast. If you cast an instant or sorcery spell this turn, you Plus when it ETBs, you scry two. So literally what you're trying to do is on turn three, you want to opt and then play storming entity. I've also oh, you, tried wait. this deck out. It's so fun. Yeah. And you also have three crash through, which I forgot about. So three oh, yeah. crash through is like one red mana. So you have all these ways to just like literally the only thing you're trying to do is cheat a Stormwing Entity out on turn three <laughs> um, and then go to town. But you're also playing for Sprite Dragon. Yes. Um, which people literally kill immediately. I've oh, never yeah. once in my life attacked with a Sprite Dragon in yep. this deck. You can't it let has, it live. 
actually never happened and I've cast <laughs> many of them and they're like it's like immediately like you play it and they're like that's dead that's dead that's dying rip. and you're rip. like okay rip this guy um you have four magmatic channeler which mm. is the one that becomes a four four if you have four or more instant or sorcery cards in your graveyard plus if you're drawing a bunch of lands later on it helps you with that because you can discard a card to exile the top two cards of your library and then you can pick one of them to play that turn um and I so it's, it has the royal scions um this deck is just like again it's not wildly competitive um it is more competitive than the mono black one uh but it it's just a really good time yeah if you want to check out these decks or try them out for yourself we're gonna put links to them in the show notes because both of these decks are just a party and yeah. a half just let sure. me know if you ever get to actually attack with a spread track yeah <laughs> i just want to know like does it happen? Has it ever in the history of Magic Gathering? Um, yeah. Although it is nice because you play that on two and they're like, I'm going to kill that right now before it gets big. And you're like, okay. But then next turn you play a storming entity yep. and they're like, oh. They're like, oh, well. You're like, I, I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that yet. There is also a really cool new version of the, um, what's the mechanic, uh, of a mutate deck. Ooh, that's excellent. out here. Excellent. Yeah, it's a Sultai mutate deck that I haven't tried out yet, but it it does look really spicy, and I'm definitely going to try it. Ooh, what is its de- which uh what what's its deal? What's just its norm- deal? Just normal uh, mutate shenanigans. It is normal mutate shenanigans. Um, it has four of the Polywog symbiote, which makes mutate cost one less, and it lets you draw a card and then discard when you mutate. Great. Migratory Great Horn to ramp, obviously. Mm-hmm. Dreamtail Heron to draw cards. Pouncing Shore Shark, Trumpeting Gnar. Um, it has some other stuff like Chittering Harvester, which is whenever this creature mutates, each opponent sacrifices a creature. Okay. Obviously, it has the Auspicious Starix. Yep. Um, and then rather than the right it, mutate decks used to have like the big dragon guy sometimes. Yeah. His name um, I'm forgetting. Oh, I can't think of it. it it's like, it sounds like a Korea. <laughs> yeah. A Luna, <laughs> right? Oh yeah. A Luna. Yes. Um, this one instead plays Brocos apex of forever. Oh, um, bro- Brocos get broke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two get broccoli uh, two <laughs> black green blue trample you may cast it from your graveyard using its mutate ability hey this deck sounds right up my alley I'll give it a try I don't care yeah. if I lose it sounds fun it does sound fun and it has like of all things it randomly has skewed swarm <laughs> yeah get skewed swarm I mean you're making so much mana exactly and also like my question is I don't know what the interaction is between its landfall ability and if it's mutated on top of, because it still has landfall, right? Yeah. But if you put a great horn on top of it, when it copies, when it makes a oh. token that's a copy of Scute Swarm, is it a migratory great horn? Does it say it makes a copy? What does Scute Swarm say? Make a copy of Scute Swarm? Oh, it does. So it's probably just a Scute Swarm. It's probably just a skewed swarm. Okay. That would have been way spicy. That would have been really cool. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, this, I think that I will, this is like next on my list as I'm kind of making my way through what are the really spicy decks out there um, in, in standard that are in theory, like winning, right? Because these are from the winning decks. I don't know how someone was winning in, in diamond with that mono black pile. And six, six times in a row. Yeah, exactly. Like six times in a row. Don't know what they did. Uh, but good for them. 
As far as the metagame from the uh, championships, um, a lot of the decks are ones you would would expect. The most popular one was Gruel Adventures, which has, as you know, been a top deck for a long time, followed mm-hmm. by Mono Green Food, followed by Demir Rogues, which has undergone several different, speaking of mutations, several different yeah. mutations over its life as a deck, um, <laughs> which is my favorite out of this bunch. Um, to play. Um, So that's my favorite competitive list right now. Then Teamer Adventures, which I feel like is a bit of a misnomer. I mean, I would call it like... It's like Teamer Obosh. Teamer Obosh. Teamer Genesis Ultimatum. You're 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 ramping and comboing and making sure you can play Genesis Ultimatum. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Maria, I can't believe we talked about Historic. Yeah. And we did not talk about Nine Lives. Oh, yeah, the, I wanted to talk about it for sure. Okay, okay, like okay. Like, that's, okay. that's our biggest mistake of all time. All right, let's, um, let's correct that right now. Yes, uh, Grzegor Kowalski brought to Historic a Nine Lives deck, and he didn't make it past day one, but he did go 2-1 in Historic, so it wasn't because of his Historic record. He didn't, like, 0-3. No. He was playing a Nine Lives deck that has a combo with you play nine lives you play uh solemnity which yep. doesn't let counters be put on anything um and so that means counters can't be put on nine lives so nine lives works that if something would deal damage to you you prevent that damage and you put a counter on nine lives if it has nine counters on it you exile it and when it's exiled you lose the game yeah but solemnity says you can't put counters on anything so nine lives so is just like, you can't deal me it damage. Just, it just always prevents damage and it never puts counters on it. And then you play like, you have Gideon's Intervention, which lets you just name a card. So you can, whatever you're playing against, if you're worried that they might have, I don't know, like a Maelstrom Pulse, you can yeah. just like play Gideon's Intervention naming Maelstrom <laughs> Pulse and they're just done forever. <laughs> naming Assassin's Trophy in some uh, instances. Like, well, you can't yeah. destroy exactly. my enchantments. You... And like you can just watch, you can just watch Gregor Kowalski break <laughs> Reed Duke's heart on stream. It's you literally see the moment when Reed Duke the heart just Dies. cracks right down the middle. Yeah, it's just like so so sad. But also this deck is so funny that you can't be too mad. Exactly because it's in like it's literally in two games and like. Gregor just eventually assembles those three cards and Reed just like sits there and you see him being like, is there literally anything I can do? And the answer is no. No, there is not. It's This is what we call a prison deck because you know, you're putting the other opponent in prison. Um, and then it wins by, by having a single copy of Dawn of Hope, which makes soldiers or you play your castle Ardenvale and just make little one ones. Just make some one ones. And then your opponent concedes oh. because they're dead inside. Exactly. Mostly it wins by making your opponent dead inside. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's in like, I want to say that's in maybe round two. If you want to go back and watch that happen, it is massively entertaining. Speaking of massively entertaining, I've got to call out one of my favorite moments from this tournament, which happened in the top eight. And that was Luca Magni, uh, who from Italy made the top eight and he has a beautiful cat in his apartment or his house, wherever he's playing. And he won one of the games and he was so excited. I think he might've won his match. I can't remember. He turned around to pet his pet cat in like celebration. Like I did it, kitty. I did it. You were sitting next to me on the bed and I did it. And he pets the cat and the cat, the look on this cat's face is one of contempt murder that I have never seen in all my years of cat owning. The cat just looks like it has been so deeply insulted. Yes. Yes. 
Like, like it has been it has been insulted to its very core. You know, cats are good at this look, but I have never seen a cat give this level of how dare you in my this, life. Yes, this cat is going to to murder Luke Mommy in his <laughs> sleep for for like the for the audacity of simply petting him. Yes. And and the best part is petting him in celebration. Like Luca was so excited. Like, we did it, kitty. We did it. And the cat is like, I don't care about your happiness or your celebration, human. Mm-hmm. I will end you. And uh, yeah, we're going to tweet out this photo because it's just too good. Um, it's so it's so funny. It just needs to become a meme. It just needs to. It's just like you'll you'll understand once you see this photo because it is just just the apex it's the perfect example of this emotion just distilled down to its crystalline form it's it is perfection like (laughs) it was it's maybe my favorite moment of the whole tournament yeah me too me too i saw it and i was like you're just like you're like this is this this is is it it. this is it right here right here this is what i'm here for Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any big other big takeaways from the tourney? You know, no, it was a really good time, honestly. Like it was a it was one of like the more fun, lighthearted weekends in a while. Yeah. And I think this I heard a lot of players saying this, too, like getting ready for this, like Louis Scott Vargas tweeted out. I feel like I'm preparing for a normal pro tour. You know, this one feels the most like a pro tour since the world went topsy-turvy that I can mm-hmm. remember. I think probably due to its split format nature and the mm-hmm. fact that both of these formats were pretty um, relatively open and healthy, uh, at least yeah. versus what we've seen recently. I mean, look, Uro is still hanging around in a historic. How much longer is that going to happen for? I don't think that no, much no. longer. Hopefully but not. But who knows? <laughs> but who knows? Um, so, yeah, players felt, I think, overall, like that it was more of a return to the the tournaments of days past which was pretty cool from a technology standpoint putting up together a broadcast like this has gotten easier and easier over the past few having a few under our belts now Mm -hmm. you know so I thought it was a great time it was a yeah I agree like it was just it just felt fun um exactly it was a good time can't wait till we can see a split format draft and then standard Pro Tour again, because that for me will be like, yes, this is it. Oh, we have arrived. Yeah. It's so true. Draft. I miss it. Draft. You know, Draft. some days I'll just think about, hmm, I, uh, I just mobile. It's going to be on mobile. And I'll just be sitting there and I'll be like, hmm, when do I think mm. that's going to mm. happen? Mobile. Mm. Mobile. <laughs> I miss on mobile. Yeah. <laughs> My someday, brain will man. just go off into the distance. Yeah. Someday. Hey, Megan. Yeah. If you look behind me very carefully, you'll see some of your Christmas presents, but don't look too hard. <laughs> what? <laughs> They're in boxes, so you can't you can't <gasps> tell what's in them. Also, you're you, like you all can't see this, but Maria has a cloud filter on this Zoom <laughs> on this oh, yeah. uh, on this Google Meet call, I mean. Yeah. And so I just see you. <laughs> you just can't see anything. That's a good point. I can't That's see a anything. fair point. <laughs> But I was going to say is like, you know, if you're like, oh, I've got to still get presents for somebody for the holidays. Yeah. We have a fantastic sponsor, not only Carquina, but also Ultra Pro. And That's they have got right. everything for that hard to buy for magic player in your life. Yes, because they take all of the amazing Ugh. art 
uh, that is in like the new secret layers. Like it's so incredible and you have it on a play mat. You can just write like, why look at it just on a little card when you could have it laid out before you in all of its glory. Ultra Pro just tweeted um, the other day they have got the Good Boy collection, uh, which is a bunch of pupper play mats, which yes. is really, really, really cool. Like you can have the majestic pupper with the cape. I forget yes. the name of that dog, but it's really great. You can have the little pup that you sacrifice in Azorius Auras on a play mat. They've also got uh, the Doge meme dog on a play mat. <laughs> wow. Good great. game. Please draw yes. cards. So pro. <laughs> you know, like what I'm saying is we are we are like running the gamut here but of playmats yes. and art anything from silly to really really gorgeous and beautiful they have the new squirrel um secret lair art on a playmat which is just great and if yeah. you're like my friend already has too many playmats what about relic tokens they've got really cool mm-hmm. relic tokens which you can crack open and use as life counters or whatever you want tokens in a game and I'm, they've got like foil ones or normal ones anyway they've got like just everything they do in fact have actually everything <laughs> Well, everybody, that's this episode of Good Luck High Five. Thank you so much once again for spending your week with us. We know that you have limited hours in your life and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you chose to put one of us, one of them in our hands. And we're so thankful for that, which sounds pretty you dark. You put your life in our hands <laughs> for an hour. You know, but uh, but that is technically what you did. And uh, yeah. I mean, like, like, that's really cool. <laughs> in the same way that you put your life in a bus driver's hands, in the same way you put your life in an airline pilot's hands, in the same way you put your life in a doctor's hands, you put your life in our hands. <laughs> And, and we uh, really appreciate that trust. We so do. And we would love to hear more up little sounds of people becoming patrons in our ears as we record on Mondays. So go over to patreon.com slash GLHF magic. Become a patron at any dollar amount. You're a member of the family. Five bucks gets you into our super cool discord and gets mm-hmm. you a sticker. Uh, lots of other cool rewards. Um, and that 10% discount code is going up today for patrons. Uh, so if you want to buy our cool new cat speaker mouth t-shirts or <laughs> fanny packs, whatever gear, uh, becoming a patron gets you 10% off. And if you mm-hmm. want just normal costs, that's fine too. The link is in the show notes. I just love this design from a comic book artist friend. I know it's just glorious. It's really um, great. And what a great way to show off that you listen through your cat's mouth. You know, it's a great, yeah. great audio Everyone feature. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and thank you as well to our wonderful sponsors, uh, card kingdom and ultra pro just really great members of the community that we're so happy to be affiliated with. Oh yes. A hundred percent. Um, fabulous companies. Thank we thank them for their support. Um, yeah. thanks for listening to everybody. I am. Until, uh, oh wait, what were you going to say? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just wearing a dinosaur dress, you know? Yeah. It's really great. Dinos. Mine has stars and tigers. Oh, yeah. Megan's wearing a really cool pattern today. Oh, I yeah. love that one. Uh, I love that one. There's that guy. Oh, rainbow Anyways. tiger. It's a tiger puking <laughs> rainbows. It's just It excellent. is a tiger puking rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next week, everybody, you know, stay safe and only put, only put your life in the hands of people you trust. <laughs> <laughs>